think hashtag verse TV Duquan White, owner of Transparent Styles. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thumbs up. Welcome to week 112. Hello, everybody. I'm Aaron Mack, your host for the evening for week 112 on Verse TV's All the Tea. And I am here with my good friend, Naquan White, who's going to give us all the tea. Say hi to everybody, Naquan. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? At your company, Transparent Styles, you provide fashion and imagine consultation to a wide spectrum of clients. You also house a wide variety of fashionable artists. Now, yes. and we will get to all of the tea on all of that right now. First question though, for our audience who may not yet know, where are you from? And what do you love most about your origin story? Well, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, for those who don't know. Um, I love about my origin story because I'm just a regular person um, that just was attracted at a young age of fa about fashion and it excited me to want to be, be in the fashion industry. Okay. And how has that origin influenced your wanting to be in the fashion industry? Well, in the 90s, I was, um, it just, 90s expired me because I was allowed it to go to school abroad to um, experience fashion abroad compared to fashion in the United States as well. And I learned a lot. And um, when we, when I went to school in London, I learned a lot about just the European fashion designers and the, um, what do you call the, the, um, now I'm nervous, I'm being interviewed and I can't even think first rate. The, um, couture collections and accessories and pieces that they had to offer and they were making and they were great and that's what inspired me to want to be a part of that do makeup and to have a clientele get ready for shows and to be designer ready. All right and we will get into more detail about your clientele in just a moment but Staying along with the origin part of everything, in mm -hmm. recent previous generations, where are your family roots? Well, my great-great-grandmother, Bayesian. So I have a little bit of a West Indian, West Indian origin down the line. So West Indian roots. And yeah. I wish Troy was here because Troy is actually, if I recall, he is part Bayesian as well. So hey. you have a partner there. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, 
you mentioned that you've been doing it since you were a child, but when did you start creating fashion? And what was your, when was your talent first realized by yourself, by anybody? Well, my talent was first realized when I was the age of 14, when I used to cut, wear midriff cut tops. And my mother was like, you know, boys are not supposed to wear tops like that. And I did always try to dress it up. And I would wear knee high socks. And I was just fascinated with things. Then I started trying on my mother's makeup at the age of 15, I know. And it just excited me. It, it, the whole look excited me, executing a whole look. Nice. So, and that's what made me go and take undergrad studies at UCF. And, and just curious, what does that stand for? Oh, the United, oh, well, LCF, London College of Fashion, but the UAL is part of that corporation. Okay, very oh, Yeah. Nice. And, and then he taught you about the application, because honestly, like hearing that, I, I wondered to myself, you know, like kids that don't grow up with the father necessarily as present as they could be, not really knowing how to stage, I question or just am curious how did you pick up how to do makeup? Because that's even more involved. Like, did you just like learn how to sight apply or like sight sing? So well, I actually watched my mom. My mom was very much into that. She was a girly girl and I would watch her get ready in the mornings for work and stuff like that and stuff. Apply her foundation and her makeup. And she always looked amazing. And I said to myself, again, she expired. And I said to myself, one day I'm going to be in that industry. And I'm glad that they, my parents allowed me to go to school abroad to be able to see things from a, a broader spectrum. Very cool. Especially because the next question was going to be, what inspired you to professionally enter the fashion industry? So it sounds like you're saying your mom inspired you and your parents being open-minded enough to say, hey, this is where you should go to learn more. Although I'm answering your question, so I'll be quiet. <laughs> but you started it off correctly. Yes, and they wanted to keep me out of trouble because when I came out, I was like coming out kind of wild and seeing that I was so fixated on fashion and stuff like that, they allowed me to go to school abroad so I could learn more about that. Even though it took me two undergrad courses and one graduate course, I finally developed the skills. I actually worked with um, London Fashion Week, 1999 and 2000. Yes. So I met a few people that I was working with at the time, and it was, it was really nice. It was really an experience to remember. And especially back in the 90s, you know, the 90s are very much different. In the 90s, it was fashion was just like so iconic. They don't make the, they don't make things the same way they do. Huh. Now, Alexander McQueen and, you know, God rest his soul. 
Johnny Versace. Not Donatella. We're talking about Johnny. Well, <laughs> Say that again, please. Donatella was the wife, right? No, Donatella is the sister. Oh. Yeah, she took over. He left his estate and everything to her, and she took over the brand, but what she's producing now, and what she produced after, like the clothes that she she put in product production after his death, were, was not the same. It was not the same kind of execution that he had when I actually was visualizing these shows when I went when he was alive. Nice. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. Well, the nineties was a very special decade for many reasons but yes absolutely now let's get on to this part you are the owner of transparent styles now first question where did the choice of that from where did the choice of that name transparent styles come well it came from me being eclectic with my style being being able to want to try different things and be so transparent in it. So that's the name that I chose for my company, Transparent Styles, because we are very transparent in our services and our production. Nice. Now, you are based in New York, New York, and London, UK with Transparent Styles. Yes. Now, two fashion capitals of the world. Now, please give our Verse TV family a sip of all the tea on the difference between those two fashion superpowers. Well, to tell you the truth, the New York fashion scene is more demanding than the European fashion scene. The Europeans are more laid back in their fashion scene. Than the, um, than the Americans. Americans are very fast forward. They want to try very much like, they want to try very much like label fashion as far as um, emblems, a lot of showy and flashy things as far as fashion being not, being not that fashion forward. But European fashion is very laid back very casual, but the couture part of European fashion is that that's the one that gets very executed and stuff like that. They have the couture. It's very different from American couture. But as far as the two fashion capitals, they both are the fashion capitals of the world, um, United Kingdom and the um, New York, America. But I prefer working with the Europeans, because they're more less demanding than the Americans. <laughs> Even though I seem to have more New York clients than European clientele, but I do have a few. All right, now, and that actually is a great segue into the next question. How does the clientele differ between New York and London? Like I said again, the um, European clients—they're very—they're they're very laid back and casual. They're not as demanding as far as the American clients. The American clients are very demanding. They—they—they they, they very much 
have different expectations and they want you to be able to execute those expectations for them immediately. Where it is, the European clients, they take more time to explain and to actually show you how to execute visions for that. Now, just, just curious, because this comes to mind, would you say that's more of an American versus UK difference or more of a New York City type of speed of people versus a London speed of people? I would think it would be more like you said of a New York speed of people because I've done, as far as being in America, I've done all my clients were based in New York. So New York is very fast paced, it's very demanding. The shows that I picked up in New York were very demanding, very, very. Even though we, we seem to have no problem in my company executing the client's needs, but they were very demanding. As far as my European shows, where I go in my European clientele, they are less demanding and they give you ample amount of chances to execute visions. For that. Okay. Well, that sounds like, uh, okay, there's this more, like you said, laid back or calmer demeanor. Mm -hmm. And you would think it would be the other way around. You would think it would be that the Europeans are very high demanding, but that's not the case. That's not the case. Okay. Now, I see that you offer consultation for many styles. And on the many different styles and things that you offer on your services section, Mother of the Bride caught Aaron Mack's eye. Now, Aaron Mack, of course, being me, <laughs> give our first TV family a sip of all the tea on how the Mother of the Bride should look. What if she's partnered? What if she's single? Well, the mother of the bride should never overpower the bride. So she should never wear white. She should never wear champagne. She should never wear ivory. She should always stand out, but not stand out more than the bride. Because remember, it's the bride's day. The mother already had her day when she gave birth to the bride. So, suggestively, the mother of the bride would wear a lot of purples or a lot of hues. Um... But like I said, stay away from ivories. And as far as face paint, the mother of the bride would have her face painted very, no, no dark contrast. Because darker contrasts are for the bride to stand out. The mother of the bride would get a lighter contrast because she doesn't want to overpower the bride. And light accessories, very light accessories because the only one that should be shining on her day is the bride. But the mother of the bride has to look very good too. Because remember, she's the queen mother. She birthed the bride. And seeing that she might have to pay for almost everything because the bride's family always pays the most. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So she has to look fabulous, right? Yes, yes she has to look fabulous, but not as fabulous as her daughter now. Not as fabulous. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's very cool. And thank you for giving that sip of all the tea on that. Now, also, 
I see that you offer a variety of fashion services and videography services. Yes. Now, please give our Verse TV family yet another sip of all the tea on the services offered by Transparent Style. Well, as you said, Erin, we house a variety of artists. So meaning that we network with artists around the world visually visual artists we have videographers we have nail consultants we have digital capacity consultants where they do social media we network with all of these artists and are able to produce them upon request for clients so the fees and services and fees and services for that are in the website absolutely now, just curious, because you, you mentioned the social media aspect in terms of fashion. Is that to get out the client's fashion look, like what they're going to do? Uh, just curious, what, what role would that play? Well, we broadcast on social media, like clients' looks, how to prepare the makeup, it's like sort of kind of tutorials, but before tutorials and after executing and before and after looks of how clients could look for certain looks that need to be executed. Very cool. All right. Now, what is the hardest part about running a fashion consultation business? And what is the most enjoyable part? Well, the hardest part of running a fashion consultation business is meeting clients' demands. Clients can be very picky about demanding certain things. And I can understand that when they're spending their money. But that could be a very hard demand being able to having to produce what clients want and execute them the way they want. Now, the joy of being able to work with many different people is networking. I get to meet a lot of different people that I can make money from executing services and products to. So that's, that, that's the joy of meeting people, certain people and stuff like that in the industry, because they could be useful and certain people could just be annoying. <laughs> so there you have it. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what's the best advice that you have ever received? The best advice I've ever received was learn how to keep certain things to yourself. Stop telling everybody everything before everything happens. Stop telling people, especially in the industry, what jobs that you're, you're going to get or you're booked to get and it hasn't happened yet because you can always sabotage yourself. So I'm learning now, especially being this long in business, how to keep certain things to myself and wait until my blessings actually happen before telling people about them going to happen, being going to happen. And that advice can apply to all of us, anywhere, everywhere. That just, regardless of industry, because you do shoot yourself in the foot, you know, by telling other people. Until self-sabotage. 
And then he sabotaged yourself. Because you never know what the universe has in store for you. Right. And not every, unfortunately, unfortunately, not everybody has the best wishes for you. Yes. You know? So sometimes, yeah, it is best to just zip, throw away the key, you know? Yeah. And then let it manifest. And then, oh, yeah, I did that, by the way. That's right. It is super cool. Oh, right. Now, rounding out this section, what is the main thing that you want our first TV family to learn about Daquan White and transparent styles today? Well, I would like you guys to learn that Daquan White is very eclectic person and he is the owner of Transparent Styles, which is a consulting business that 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 works in the industry that supplies client demands by producing makeup and other beauty needs on a wide spectrum. And that's what I want you guys to know, that if I could be useful in any way, you know, we do do volunteer services for the LGBTQ plus communities and some aspects. So if we are available and guys need and, and, the, and any part of the lgbtq community may need help and shows or whatever like that we volunteer our services to them thank you we appreciate that that is so cool and this is pride month yes oh all oh, oh, right excellent 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 and now let me ask this what is next for Daquan white and transparent style well, what's next is just to be safe and to continue to provide to provide um, extensive services to our clients and to make them happy and to continue to make them happy and hopefully obtain more of a broad spectrum of clients. Seeing that we were in a pandemic and you know people have left and there's a lot of competition in my business now but i would want to continue to provide the clients that i have great services and hopefully i can have more clients in the near future nice absolutely and yes making it through that pandemic is very important and yes we're making it through oh yes. right yes we are on the other side mm -hmm. oh right now, the last question before we go live, and I'm going to try to start the live while you're answering this question, but this question actually came from a show that I saw on the All Black app, and it seems like the kind of question that would possibly catch somebody like, oh, what are you asking? But it's actually a really good question. And it's, who do you think you are? So go ahead, and I'm going to try to go live. Who do I think I am? I think that I am a person that's still learning themselves and still learning life. I'm learning every day. I consider myself to be a great person. I consider myself to be a very spiritual person. And 
as I said, I'm learning every day in life. I think that I am a, I think I'm, I'm a God in my own right. Amen. And that's who I think I am. And we're live right now. So going live, here are the five general Burst TV questions that we ask all of our guests. And first question is, if you had all of the money, power necessary, what would you do change that you feel would most benefit the LGBT plus community? Wow. I would make extensive programs for housing for the LGBTQ community and make sure that there were less um, homelessness with the LGBT community youth and make adult day service programs for them. And that's it. Yeah, get them off the streets and get them in the right direction of life because there's, more, there's a lot of life to offer. There's a lot to life. If you live right, if, you, if you're able to live right, if you're able to have a roof over your head and you're able to eat a good meal and have support, have people listen to you and be able to retroact the story that you've been through, like things that you've been through and be able to, you know, you know communicate with the people that's been through the same struggles and strives as you. So I would give and help out. Excellent, that's beautiful. And yes, unfortunately, it is true. Uh, a lot of the LGBT youth need housing because they are often, not always, because you know sometimes people, well, there are people who have wonderful families and people who have not as wonderful families. And those not as wonderful families can kick the kids out of the house and therefore leaving them requiring housing. So yes, that's all beautiful. And it's great that you are willing to help out. Excellent. All right. Now question two starts with a quote. And the quote is, ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. Now that's a quote by Thomas Merton. And the actual question is, what is your goal and in life? And what is slowing you from achieving that goal? Well, my goal in life is to be the greatest person that I can be. And what's holding me back from that is myself, because I am my worst critic. I sabotage, tend to sabotage myself at times through fear. Sometimes with all of the um, self-confidence that I may have, I feel that it's kind of low in a ways where there's, I second tend to second guess myself sometimes. 
So I am my own worst critic. So I and I am the problem that can hold me back in ways. So it's me. It's working on me. So I can only work to make myself a better me. So I won't have the fears of trying new things in life. Okay. So making yourself the best you possible. And yes, it is you who is has great the largest potential to hold yourself back mm -hmm. and you're working through that so yes. you can be the best you possible i love it because i always say i try my best to do my best and really in life that's all we can do that's so, right yes i love it now this question what is your deepest tea i.e something that you've never shared on media before, but something that you're willing to share with us, of course, your deepest tea. Gotta dig deeply. <laughs> I don't know, because I, I, I think I have a lot of, we, we all have a lot of deepest tea, but this is tea that I'm willing to share. I don't, ah, wow, you asked me these things. Wow, 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 wow. Um, <laughs> do I have to answer that? <laughs> um, the deepest tea, deepest tea, deepest tea, deepest tea. Um, oh God. Okay, that um, that in my youth I was real wild, and I actually had to go to rehab for a whole month. Okay, that's my deepest tea to clean myself up. Okay. All right. Now we know, and I, that wasn't known. I never let anyone know that, but now we know. Because we all have we all have beginnings and we all have to pick ourselves back up and clean ourselves up to where we, you know. So I guess I shared my deepest tea. Very true. And not only that, but your deepest tea was also a helpful story of overcoming. So yes. Yes. Right on, brother. Thank you. What are some stumbling blocks that you've encountered that you've had on your path up and how did you overcome? Well, there was a lot of stumbling blocks. And like I said again in, in, in a previous question, it was me, it was fear of going further than I felt that I can go because as of now, I felt that I could have made my company flourish more if it wasn't for my fears of not being able to do something that I was scared to even try to do in the first place. So again, I was my own self-destruction mechanism I, I, on the way up. I stopped myself from many opportunities that I feel bad that if I felt I can do it again, I would do it and not think about, oh, I can't do it, or I may not be able to do it to perfection. I would just try it, but I never just tried. So that's, that's not good. That's not good being scared to try new things, knowing that you can do it. 
that's why you have to have faith in yourself. Absolutely. So encouraging, so inspiring. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I love it. Yes, you do have to have faith in yourself. Believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Now, fifth and final question from this part. And what are some things that you would like to be left in the time capsule a legacy for your work? Wow. I would like to leave in the time capsule that I was able to work with Naomi Campbell in 1999 when she had her fall at the spring and summer show of Allie McQueen. And she fell and I was the one who actually helped her, What was one of the ones who actually helped her up. So I can, if I can put that moment in a time capsule, I would. It was very iconic for me. Absolutely, oh my gosh, that is great. Yes, and Naomi Campbell, oh my yeah. and, and you, speaking of overseas, because she is overseas in London. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, so, so that's great, wow. You that, was my, that, was, that was my first time in London Fashion Week. And this has had happened in 1999. And then I seen her again the second year in 2000, the Harper's Bazaar show. But it was an experience. And I could have went further going back to that other question about being preventive. I could have went further with that if I was not too scared to introduce myself formally and to, you know, have a stronger what can I say, have a stronger um, um, energy toward what I was doing at that time. You know, I was still in school and I was going to fashion shows and stuff like that, but I was not a very secure person within myself, not with, with thinking that I can do things, you know, so. But that's what I would put in the time capsule. That was a time. <laughs> Well, absolutely. That, that's amazing. And you've had an amazing story. Now, we will ask, where can you be found on social media? Well, I can be found at www.transparentstylefashion.org or I can be found at Transparent Style on Instagram or Transparent Style Fashion 913 on Facebook or Duquan White on Facebook. Very cool. Excellent. Thank you very much for giving us all of the tea from well, I'm sorry. But thank you very much, Aaron, for having me. And I appreciate it. Absolutely. Duquan White of Transparent. Stop. Yes. Thank you very much. And we Thank will close out week 112. Well, we're going to turn off the live. Have a good night, everyone. Here. Bye.